Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Britt. Hey, Sam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing well. Finally, some sunshine and, you know, we've had June gloom in San Diego and rain and cold times in Wisconsin, so it feels good to finally have some nice weather. It is hot here. We It's going to be like 98 this weekend, so it is really hot in Hotlanta, so I already, <laughs> I already miss spring. <laughs> I don't think that you can call it that. I read a sign in the airport as I was commuting, and it said, we don't call it Hotlanta, so I don't, I don't want to correct you, but I don't think that you're <laughs> supposed to say that anymore, Brittany. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so 2019. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so this weekend is an exciting time. By the time this gets re- really released, it's going to be a few weeks ago, but it's Father's Day coming up. And I think you and I have talked a lot just being friends outside of business partners about you know how much our dads really, really – weighed in on our career choices, life choices, choices of our partners, all of those different things. And I think it's it might be a great time for us to discuss that a little bit and talk about what our dads have done to us and how they led us down the path that we're on. Yeah. Father's Day is really cool in our house this year. I have my father-in-law in town for Father's Day, and it's also his birthday week. So it's fun to celebrate him. And he's an entrepreneur. He's been an entrepreneur basically my husband's whole life. Um, he started his career in franchising too before becoming an entrepreneur. So really fun to have him in my corner celebrating as we build our business. And then my dad will be in town the following week. Um, so that will be fun to have my dad in town. And, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about my mom being an entrepreneur and being in franchising, but my dad started his own business when I was like eight. So that really shaped a lot of my growing up and, and kind of entrepreneur hunger, if you will, too. You know, I grew up in his office and helped him pack uh, car parts <laughs> on the weekends. I was I was cheap labor. So I think now he'd be in a lot of trouble. But back then I was packing car parts for getting to choose the radio station. I got to pick a <laughs> snack and I think he paid me like 10 bucks for a whole day. So, <laughs> but I oh learned a God. lot from him. I love that. I love that. You know, I think my dad obviously wasn't an entrepreneur. He's a federal agent. And so it's a totally different ball game. And I think when I decided to go to school for criminal justice, I really thought I would either be an attorney or I'd follow down his path. And then a little store called The Buckle made sure that I knew how great I was at talking to people. And I really enjoyed that so much more than just bad guys. And so I think I've taken a totally alternative path. And I will say the first call I made to my dad when I said, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to go to law school. I don't think I'm going to go become a federal agent. I think I'm going to like sell jeans <laughs> and do that. <laughs> like, like I want a career in sales. It was a pretty rough go of things <laughs> because he had covered my college expenses, but I will say he's very inherently supportive and through a lot of tough love. Um, I think I've told the story before to you, Brittany, about I had my first large commission check as a salesperson, and like every good salesperson, 
I thought for sure that would be every month for the rest of my life. So I bought <laughs> myself a Lexus IS250, which was the equivalent of a Bentley to me at the time. I was so <laughs> excited. And my dad said, you basically bought a Toyota with a markup. Congratulations, kid. Don't call me if anything goes wrong. So two months later and zero commission checks later, I called my father and said, I don't know how I am going to pay for my rent this month because I have a commission check, but it's still pending. And I don't know when it's going to be paid because the vendor hasn't paid it. And he said, sounds like a great time for you to go back to waiting tables on the side because you know that piece of paper you got? I was like, piece of paper? He said, yeah, your degree. Who paid for that? Well, you. And he said, yeah, the bank of dad is closed. (laughs) And so that was it. And that's what I knew. I needed to figure out two things, how to save money and how to make more money. (laughs) And so he's full of, I call them Lanny-isms, but lots of good advice and honestly, a lot of figure it out yourself. And it really, it really does shape who you become as a person and the things that you're willing to do. Yeah, it really does. So it's a special month to celebrate dads. And I'm excited for the episode today because we have friends on the podcast with us, people that we really like and respect. And one of one of the folks joining us is also a really cool, inspirational dad. So I'll let you make the introduction, Sam, but I know we're both excited for this one. Yes, with that, I would love to introduce the co-owners of Smash My Trash Nebraska, Jen and Corey Kane. Hi, you guys. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having us. We are so excited to have you. So thanks so much for being here with us. You know, we always start every episode just learning more about your backgrounds and I think everybody kind of falls into franchising. So tell us a little bit more about your backgrounds. Jen, why don't you start? Tell us how you fell into franchising. Yeah, so mine ages back to my dad and his buddies in the mortgage business deciding, hey, we think we should buy some franchises. And at the time, I didn't really know what that was. I was younger, probably in middle school. And they bought Blimpy Sub and Salad franchises. And I didn't realize what that taught me at the time, but I was an employee. I was a sandwich artist at Blimpy's. Uh, They owned three of them and they did it semi-absentee. So they kept their careers. They opened three sandwich shops and had all their kids work at them, which is actually pretty brilliant. Um, because they had employees that they would drop off at work and uh, we couldn't leave because they were dropping us off. I was 15 when I started working at Blimpy's and they ran those for over 20 years. And um, at the same time, Subway was launching, which everybody knows that franchise. And um, I noticed quickly that Subway was taking off and Blimpy's as a company was a little bit at a standstill. And it just taught me quickly what good marketing and branding would do for a business because Blimpy is a better product in most people's opinion. However, Subway had um, a spokesperson that was really taken off and that bit them down the road. However, at the time it was um, a, a big deal and it really catapulted them into success. So that was my first introduction to franchising. Fast forward, I got into the restaurant industry and then became the COO of a startup franchise based in Omaha, Nebraska, where we live, and eventually became the CEO of that and was able to grow corporate locations and franchise locations and 
really learn how to interact with all sides of the team while, you know, even leading the corporate operations. So had a great experience with that. And when I decided to depart from that role, um, I had the opportunity to join Franchise Fastlane, uh, which is where I am today. I'm Senior Vice President of Development, and I get the opportunity to work with um, entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs every day and really help make their dreams come true uh, with whatever business they're looking to purchase. So it's been a, a long and fun road. Certainly has. So you're just like Sam and I, you know, being an entrepreneur or being around our entrepreneurs for a long time. So it's cool to hear your journey again. What about for you, Corey? You've been an entrepreneur for many years. So tell us about how you went from, you know, being an entrepreneur and then moving into franchising, becoming a franchisee. Tell us your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. So I'm kind of like you guys were, um, and like Jen, my mom was uh, a business owner and she probably built two or three businesses and sold them by the time I was 18. And so that was pretty cool. So I really, I just always knew that that's something that I wanted to do. Um, and then when I was oh, probably my early twenties, I, I started the first uh, boot camp in, um, in Omaha and the whole state of Nebraska. Uh, became very successful with that. And so I was in the fitness industry and that's what I went to school for. Um, and so that at the time wasn't a franchise, but it was a license, right? So it was, it was similar. Um, and at that time there weren't a lot of franchises in the fitness industry that were out. And so that was kind of a, a new and booming fad. And so I took that, grew that, and then kind of grew into, um, really a whole fitness model, a situation where we had gyms and then we also had the boot camps. And then, uh, we, we had multiple locations, uh, for, for the gyms. And then after that, you know, about 20 years in that industry, it was like, oh man, you know, I've kind of seen a lot. I've seen all these franchises pop up and, um, you know, luckily I have a wife that was in the franchise industry and she said, Hey, there's something we really need to look at. And she brought Smash My Trash to us. And it was just, it was like, hey, you know what? This is going to be great for us because I've already done all the hard stuff in building a business. And I didn't want to do that again. It's very hard building your own brand. And so it was like, yeah, that's the right fit. Let's go down this path. And so that's why we're here today. I love that. Jen always has the best ideas. I remember that from working sure. for Jen. <laughs> so it is, it's true. So sure. You've got to trust her. I'm just kidding. So, must be. So, Jen, you've been an executive team member at Franchise Fastlane for a number of years now. You've worked with countless top-notch brands. They really are known in the industry as having the best of the best as far as brands go. Why decide to become a franchisee? What made you decide to move into that realm after being in franchise sales and as, and as a corporate member of the franchisor team? Why be a franchisee now? Yeah, great question. So um, mostly it's because I believe in the entrepreneurial spirit, right? And being an entrepreneur yourself, um, we're at the pinnacle of that every day when you're in that development or that sales process with candidates that are looking for their perfect fit. And you have that in the back of your mind too, like, is this a great fit for me? And as I've been in this role and been introduced to the brands that Franchise Fastlane has represented and also everything else out there, you really start to pinpoint what is a good fit for you. 
you know, we joke that it's like dating and it is like finding the perfect business for you is just like finding the perfect mate, right? You're, you're making a commitment and you're looking to check the boxes of what's important to you. And that might not be what's important to the person next to you, but to you, these are the things you're looking for. So once, um, I was, I was looking and then once smash my trash really presented itself, um, I, I knew that we had to jump on board. I knew that it checked the boxes for us on, um, you know, how many employees we wanted and we wanted a heavy equipment business and we weren't interested in the time at, um, at brick and mortar. That just wasn't something that we wanted to do. So as we were checking those boxes, I kept looking, thinking, oh my gosh, this is checking every single box. And of course we looked at the numbers and um, wanted to, you know, make some money, right? We're all in this to make money and you want to have fun and be led in the right direction. And it's just been a home run for us. It's been great. And I also like the fact that I put my money where my mouth is and I can tell candidates that I talk to, like, look, any brand that is represented on my team is a brand that I would purchase. And I fully stand behind that. I think that's really invaluable being able to give that perspective, especially when you're representing brands that, you know, there are going to be hard days. I do find that people working in the development role that are business owners don't sugarcoat it as much, which is fantastic for our clients to know, you know, it's not unicorns that poop rainbows, business ownership every day. Sometimes it's just poop. And that's okay to hear that from a development rep. So Corey, you talked about why you wanted to pivot into franchise ownership after building your own system. How is that going? How has that experience been going from being on your own to being a franchisee now? Yeah, it's been it's been great because um, you know, having doing everything, been doing everything yourself. It's kind of like one of those things where you're like, well, I got this, right? I can do this. And then you walk into an industry where you have no idea what's going on. And um, that's kind of fun, you know, because I'd been I'd been in fitness forever. I mean, I could tell I feel like I could write a book on everything fitness do and don'ts. Right. But outside of that, it was like, man, I, I've got to get my feet wet in something else. And so to do that, I needed some some people that had a pretty good knowledge base and being that this was such a cool industry and, and with um, a technology that was new and up and coming, um, it was just the right fit. And the other thing that I'll say is, is the thing that was most intriguing to me is, is getting involved with some people in a community that, you know, these people had already had some experience. We had, you know, we were early oncomers in this business, but at the same time, we had 30 or 40 people that had been doing it for a while man, the vast amount of knowledge in the community that has been built and my friends and um, the whole thing. I, I mean, from really from top to bottom, as far as even knowledge and relationships um, and in the trash industry, I, I can't even tell you how important and how awesome it's been. And I that's the number one reason I would recommend people getting into a franchise situation is because you, number one, they're you've already got an established base of people that already know what's happening. Um, and number two, you're going to develop some amazing relationships that are going to help you broaden your horizons as far as how you think you can grow your business in ways you never even imagined possible. 
the the mind share. I mean, just being able to be in like regional groups and to be on advisory councils together. And you may think that you know it all, or maybe you realize you don't, and you've got a friend that you can call on. I do think that's something that we don't talk about enough. You know, we talk about the support that you get from the franchisor, but I'm not sure we always hit on enough the support that you get from your peers and the friendships that you make and the people that, you know, you're going to talk to forever, especially people like you guys, you're both such good relationship builders. You're going to have friends from the system for years to come. You know, tell us more about your day in the life. You're the one that's more running the business day to day while Jen is running the uh, process at Franchise Fastlane as an SVP. So what does your day in the life look like as a franchisee? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brett, our, our day starts pretty early. So my guys get, um, they're at the shop at by 6am. And so Jen will tell you, my phone's always waking me up early. And sometimes I'm getting phone calls at 530 in the morning and you just never know what's going to happen. But most of our days run pretty early and I handle a lot of the, the processes from, you know, most of the stuff that's on a construction site. Um, even manufacturers, believe it or not. I mean, those guys are cranking at 6, 7 a.m. in the morning. So we kind of have to match that schedule. And so a lot of stuff is done early in the morning. And then, um, you know, I would say about 9, 10 o'clock, then I'm usually out with my sales guy. And we're kind of doing some homework on some new markets that we want to go after, whether it's in Lincoln or, you know, the outskirts in Blair, Nebraska, or wherever it may be. Um, we've got some great industry all over, you know, Omaha and, and surrounding areas. So it's kind of a broad, um, it's kind of a broad task to be able to go, Hey, you know what, this area right here has got a lot of industry that we need to look at. Um, so we do a lot of prospecting as far as that goes. Um, and then really we're getting out beating the streets and building relationships. Right. And so that's, that's what I do primarily most of the time is really building relationships with not only our customers, but then, also our drivers and um, and really bringing them into the fold because those guys are on the front lines doing all the work. So, you know, once a month we're taking them out to, to dinner um, or to lunch and, you know, we're, we're really building that culture from top down to, you know, to really help them service our customers because they're the guys that get to see the customers the most. And so for me, me it's a lot of relationship building, um, whether it's with our customers or with our current staff. And uh, beyond that, it's just a joy to, to wake up every morning and, and know, hey, you know what? I got it right here at my fingertips. So that's kind of the way the business goes. I love that. It's a joy to wake up every morning. Now, that is, that's something most people that work in corporate America, I do not hear. I don't think I have most candidates get on the phone and be like, it's been a joy to wake up every morning, but now I'm going to move on and do something for myself. So I love that. I love the enthusiasm behind that. And Jen, you get to speak to franchisees or prospective franchisees every day that are looking for that. They're looking for that level of enthusiasm. So what advice would you give to candidates going through the process that are looking at franchises? What should they think about? What should they look into during the due diligence? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think you have to like the business, right? You don't have to be passionate about it, but you have to like the business you're going to be in. Um, I don't think that Corey and I ever would have thought we would be in a trash business, right? We didn't ever have passion around trash. However, that started to shift once we understood 
the disruptive nature of the business and what it offered in regards to, um, you know, checking those boxes for us. So my advice would be, you have to at least like it. You have to get excited when you talk about it. Um, some people get really into the dirty businesses. Other people, they need to have the pretty fitness and beauty brands. Um, but you've got to you've got to be excited. And then outside of that, um, the founders really look at who you're going to be in business with. That is my number one when it comes to a match. Again, like dating, you want to make sure that these are people that you're going to enjoy learning from and working with founders, the corporate team. And then, of course, just do your diligence with current franchisees if they're out there just to make sure that what you're hearing from the corporate side matches what the franchisees are going to tell you. And the franchisees that are strong should tell you the good, bad and ugly because um, every business has that. There is some hair on every business and you need to know what is a bad day. You know, if I'm a candidate, I'm asking a franchisee, hey, what is a bad day in your business? And then I can decide if that's the kind of day I can deal with or is that something that's just way outside of my realm of comfort and what I want to do. So that would really be my advice. Um, but enjoy the process and find something that checks all your boxes, because if you do it that way, then you can confidently move forward. You gave good advice there. That's not just about the numbers. You know, it's not a charity. The numbers have to make sense. You buy a business to make money. But at the end of the day, it's so much more than that. You're never going to drive that business to be as successful as possible if you don't believe in what it is that you're running, that you're selling. So I like that advice that you gave. I want to hear kind of what your personal compelling reasons are for being in franchising. You've been around independent business owners. You've started businesses from scratch. You've been licensees. Corey, I'll start with you. What's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Well, it's because my wife told me so. <laughs> That's a good husband. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> He's kidding. Oh, no, I am. You know, in all honesty, it's it kind of it kind of goes back to the beginning. You know, for me, when you build your own brand and you spend twenty years doing that, and you know, you're doing the marketing and you're doing um, all the relationship building, you're paying the bills and you're writing the paychecks, and eventually, you're just like, man, that was a lot of work, right? And I don't know if I want to do that again. And so for me, that's what it was. It was like, look. These guys have all—they got all the the I's dotted and the T's crossed, and now I've just got to do what I'm great at, and that's going out and getting people and working with people. And so, really, that's what it was for me—is taking that load off of myself, and then you know, obviously, being able to do something I'm passionate about. But more than that, it's just just working with people, being able to build people up, and spending more time on that versus all the other stuff. What about for you, Jen? What's your personal compelling reason for staying on this crazy roller coaster that is franchising? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, I mean, it is so much fun to be on the sales side and development side. It's fun to see the success in franchisees. It's fun to be a successful franchisee. And, you know, back to what we were discussing before. I think when it really comes down to it, success is so individualized in franchising, meaning you're going to get the brand, you're going to get the processes, you're going to get the systems, but you have to go out and show everyone what you're made of. And I think if everybody can remember that 
then they can be successful in franchising because it really is the key to entrepreneurship and it changes people's lives, sometimes from a very small level because they own multiple businesses and sometimes because they can leave a legacy behind that perhaps if it wasn't for franchising, they wouldn't be able to. So just super exciting, inspiring, and I love to see the path that everyone goes down to become a franchisee. It is. It's so you hit on everything I think that we love about it too, which is really watching people grow and putting them in a position that maybe without some guidance, like you said, who thinks they're going to own a trash business? You know, that probably wasn't something that you were seeking out, but you were able to purchase it because you understand all of the elements that make it great for you guys. So I think that's a great, it's just a great sentiment. We try to carry that through to our clients too. It truly is life changing. Now, you guys have given us a lot of knowledge on being franchisees, business owners, industry insiders. So I would love to know, and Corey, I'll start with you. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Oh, man, that's really hard. Um, you know, I probably, you know, my mom's probably said it. I, I don't know. I've probably heard it other places, but it's, you know, value people more than money. And you know, and, and so for me, I think my wife would tell you in my businesses, I've probably always done that maybe to a fault at times, but it's always worked out for me. And, um, I've always had great staff. I mean, heck in my gyms, I, you know, I had guys that were with me for over 10 years and, you know, and my current staff, I mean, we brought on there, everybody's talking about how hard it is to find these drivers I mean, drivers. I've got been with me since the day we started. You know, and um, it's just doing different things for people that so they understand you care. And it it isn't always about the money. And everybody says that. But in, until you put it into action, then you go, hey, you know what? Yeah, those guys were right. And so um, for me, yeah, it's just making sure that I kind of stay tried and true to that. You know, people are more valuable than money. We can always make more money, but special relationships we can't get back. So that is, I don't think enough people think like that, or I think a lot of people say that it's about the people, it's about the people. And then you open the door on the culture of the organization and it's just simply not the case. It's about the money at the end of the day. And if you're not, you know, dollars and you're, they're nickeling and diming and what they're realizing is that they're losing out on great people or, you know, I have franchisees that tell us all the time how hard it is to find people. And it's like, well, I know why it's hard to find people when I speak to you. I wouldn't want to work with you day in, day out either. <laughs> so I could see why you're having a shortage. So Jen, Corey gave us a really good one there. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Try to follow that up. Just go for it. Yeah, that was pretty good. And <laughs> uh, I, will, I will keep mine very clean. Um, so the best piece of advice that I have been given and something that I'm really trying to live by now is make it simple but significant. I think that people overcomplicate things. There's a lot of head trash. I think, and this is in personal life, professional life, and definitely in franchising. If you keep the little things little and the big things big, you can be very, very successful in any business. It's the people that overcomplicate things or that overthink things that really tend to you know, fall down this rabbit hole of just, can I do it? 
Am I good enough? How am I going to do it? When really the beauty of franchising is this is step by step and you're going to be guided. So make it simple, but significant and make decisions based off of that. I love it. I love it. That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you guys so much for joining us today, for giving us kind of a peek behind the curtain of what it's like to be franchisees and franchise industry experts all at the same time and how that works in your family life. And I know that we didn't get to it, but you know, you guys are phenomenal parents to two fantastic girls. And I just get to see you guys spending all of the time that you want with them. And I think that's such a huge reward too. So kudos to you guys for being so busy and still raising some fantastic kids. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks a bunch. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.